Okay, hello and welcome to the five-year plan. This is a podcast about five-year plans, the expectations, challenges and changes that go into creating five-year plans, that go into maintaining them, executing them as well. I just wanted to touch on first introducing myself. So my name is Steph, I am 23 years old and yesterday I had a great idea that I wanted to start a podcast. And this idea, I guess, came about because I wanted to normalize some things around careers and five-year plans and stuff for millennials because I think there's a huge push from older generations to buy their first house at a young age, have babies at a young age, and have their career sorted out at a really young age. Sort of, you know, your mid-20s, there's a push to be organized and be planning to have a baby and be planning to buy a house and be planning to do those things. And I guess for me, that's not really the case. So I thought if I felt this way, I think some other people are going to be feeling this way. And I thought it might be a good time to talk about it. So the first thing I wanted to touch on is the reason that I started this podcast. Another reason is I want to normalize not getting a career directly out of university. So I was the person who knew what I wanted to do from the very beginning. I knew I wanted to go into healthcare. I knew I wanted to go into medicine. I knew all those things. And I kind of fell into my career degree, which was paramedics. And I did my degree, (laughs) three years of hard work, absolute blood, sweat and tears. And I graduated last year and I didn't get a job. I didn't get a job in the field that my degree was in. And I kind of thought to myself, okay, well, that was my five-year plan was getting a job straight out of university once I got my degree. And then when I guess when I got there and that didn't happen, I thought to myself, all right, well, let's just get another five-year plan. So I would like to normalize that because I think there's lots of people out there who do their degree, especially if it's in a degree or I guess like a field that doesn't have an end goal. Like if you're doing arts or something and you sort of don't know when you want to go from there, it's hard because you go, all right, once I finish my degree, I want to do this, but then are people going to want what I'm, the career I want to go into? Is there still going to be a market for it? All that kind of stuff. And I just want to normalize that because there are so many people who I think go to university just to go to university. And while that's okay, there is elements of that that's once you finish your degree, people are just going to be like, what are you doing next? I'm like, I don't know. Don't speak to me about it. Another thing is everything is kind of ramping up in prices as well. So house prices are going up in Australia, especially inner city house prices. So I guess in my five-year plan is to buy a house much like everybody else. So we're looking around at how much we're going to have to save for a deposit and how much we're going to need to put into buying a house. And we're sort of looking around at suburbs and stuff. And one of the suburbs we're looking into, (laughs) the house prices are huge. But it's just, do you want to pay for location? and get probably a below average house or do you want to pay for an above average house that's probably new in a location that is miles away from the city I guess to maintain a lifestyle and also to save for those things you need a job that allows for that and full-time jobs absolutely allow for that depending on your spendings and everything and I guess another reason is is that kind of full-time work is the expectation if you've got a part-time job and not full-time work and sort of no direction when you get to 30 people I guess in my socioeconomic bracket look negatively on that they go okay why haven't you got your shit together you know why aren't you married by 30 why haven't you thought about buying a house why haven't you had kids yet you know biological clock is ticking the next thing that I wanted to touch on is my story so we'll like my five-year plan (laughs) considering this is all about five-year plans 
Let's tell you a bit about mine. I have wanted, like I said before, to work in healthcare and in the paramedicine field for a while now. I grew up around that environment. I grew up with, you know, a mother that did night shift and I know exactly what it's like. So I wanted to be that, to be in that field for a long time. I wanted to be a doctor for a while and I realized how treacherously difficult the UMAT is and I was like, no. Um, So then I looked into nursing and I looked into paramedics and I kind of just fell into paramedics because... I was like, all right, this sounds like a great career opportunity and it sounds like something I'll actually like. That's one thing I can positively say about the paramedic degree and the degree in of itself. It's it's fantastic. It's intense. It's everywhere. It, and you learn so much more than you ever thought and expected that you would. And the support is absolutely endless. So I graduated year 12 in 2015. And then I went to, oh my God, 2015. <laughs> I went to Adelaide Uni for a couple of years and did Bachelor of Health Sciences. And then they introduced the new degree, Bachelor of Health and Medical Sciences. So in order to get a better GPA, I launched from Health Sciences into Health and MedSci. So I could use my GPA to bounce into medicine. <laughs> but I ended up using it to bounce into paramedics. Once I got into paramedics, did the degree, did that for three years, did all the stuff that was associated with it. Um, meanwhile also working part-time in my part-time job and then another casual job as well and then when it got to halfway through last year everyone was sort of deciding where they wanted to go where they wanted to apply for jobs and all that kind of stuff so I applied for a job like most people I only applied in one state because I was I am pretty comfortable here so I didn't really plan on moving and I sort of had a couple of backup options in case I didn't get a job so I was pretty okay with that And then I did the uh, testing for it. I did the medical, I did the fitness testing, everything. And then I went into an interview and a little bit later, I heard that I didn't get in. It was a little bit soul crushing, not going to lie. Although in saying that I, a part of being a good paramedic and part of being a good individual, I think is reflective practice in yourself and in your career. So I just adapted the situation to that. I was like, all right, let's just reflect on what went wrong have a look at the feedback and get better. You know, use what I've got in my resources and my skills and pull them all together and get better for the next time that I face this situation. Uh, but good news, <laughs> I got into honours at Flinders. So I was very happy about that. I, I really, really enjoy research. I know it's not a common thing for people to enjoy research, but as soon as I heard that I had the opportunity to do honours, I absolutely cried because I have wanted to do research for a very long time. Even when I was younger, I was like, I really want to do research. I really want to write those, you know, journal articles, you know, the peer-reviewed ones. <laughs> and here we are. So making a step towards that, which is really exciting. So I guess another reason and another part of my story is that I felt that pressure. I felt that millennial pressure to get into full-time work, to get a job, to be able to start my life. So whilst a part-time job is great, it's kind of everyone around me was getting full-time jobs. Everyone around me was getting employment. Like lots of people got the job that I was after. And I guess to see that and hear that was a little bit, I felt a little bit defeated and I felt kind of like, oh, okay, well, if they're doing that, why can't I do that and stuff? And I guess it's the age old saying of, you know, don't compare your step one to someone else's step 30, but it's difficult in that situation because we were all taking the same set of stairs and some people ended up being bounced to step 30 while some people were down to step two. So because I felt that pressure to get my life started, I felt that pressure to get a full-time job so I could have a, a bigger, larger income so I could save for a house, so I could pay off the debts that I've got, so I could start chipping away at my hair step, all that kind of thing. 
and I guess still going to university kind of feels a little bit stagnant. And I thought expressing that some people might have some similar views. Doing honours is a step in the right direction. And I know that, you know, maintaining my my current positions at my casual job and my part-time job and doing all these things and being a reflective practitioner and everything is a step in the right direction, but it doesn't feel like a big enough step. And I know, you know, lots of people say good things take time and I strongly agree with that. It's just sometimes I'm impatient. A little bit more about the kind of plan for the podcast. So like I said, I had this plan and there's a lot of people in my life that have five-year plans. So my family is very much uh, a planner family. My mother consistently plans things. My mother is like, okay, we're going to do this this day, this that day, this that day. And I love it because I'm exactly the same person. My boyfriend is a planner. Uh, my aunt is a planner. My grandmother's a planner. Everybody, they love plans. So when I ask somebody in my family, what's your five-year plan? They immediately have an answer. And whilst that's good, I think that there are elements of that that's like, oh, okay, not everyone's that organized. <laughs> there are some people who actually don't know what they want to do in their five-year plan. And that's okay. That's completely normal. I want to absolutely normalize graduating year 12 and not knowing what you want to do because I felt incredibly privileged to know exactly what I wanted to do straight out of year 12 to eat before year 12. I felt incredibly privileged to know that that's, that's exactly what I wanted to do. And I think we need to normalize people not actually going to university just to go to university. I met this girl the other day when I was at Officeworks and she said, like I'm studying at uni, what are you doing? Blah, 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 etc. And I said, oh, okay, well, great. Like, what do you want to do when you graduate? She's like, oh, I'm not really sure. Kind of just going to uni for the sake of it. I was like, you're getting a hex debt. If you don't know what you want to do, spend six months or 12 months figuring it out. Just work part-time. You're young and you've got so much like time to figure it out. But then again, there's this pressure associated with it that you should be going to university because all good jobs require university education. Little do they know that being a tradesperson is a great job and that often does not require university qualifications whatsoever but being a tradie is a whole other thing in and of itself but it makes so much more money than people think so much (laughs) okay so I'd like to have a couple of guests on this podcast because I don't want it obviously to just be myself talking because that would get boring so I thought maybe I'd have a couple of questions that we'd ask the guests what I would ask the guests So the first question is, where are you in your career now? So I want to know, what are you doing right now with your career? Is it, is it even your career? Are you, you know, flying helicopters? Are you, what are you doing with your career right here and now? And then I want to know that if looking back five years, you would have said, yep, all right, I'm where I want to be, or I'm happy where I am, or, you know, no, five years ago, I thought I'd be doing this and this and this. So I want to know about that. I want to know where do you see yourself in five years? Like, what is your five-year plan? That's the whole concept is, what is your five-year plan? Is your five-year plan to buy another dog, to go on a holiday, if coronavirus kind of eases up a little bit? Is your plan to get another degree? Is your plan to move into state? Is it your plan to start a business? All these things. I want to know because they'll. I want to help other people figure out what to put in their five-year plan. I want people to know that it's okay to not have a five-year plan and maybe getting some ideas about it can be helpful. Because when I ask people about their five-year plan and they say, I'm going to do honours, I'm going to do a PhD, I'm going to 
buy a house in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, great. What made you want to do that? I want to know if that lifestyle is appealing to me because my five-year plan is not as rigid as you might think, (laughs) but is flexible. And if that can change to suit a lifestyle that I might want in five years, who knows? And then the last question is of probably the most important and most educational, I would say, is what actions are you taking to get yourself there? So are you studying? Are you applying for a job again and again? Are you saving money? Are you looking at buying a house? Are you seeing a mortgage broker? Are you house sitting? Are you saving for a car? Are you just working? Or are you just relaxing? Or what are you doing to get yourself to a point where you think you can achieve what you want to achieve? Because that's a huge one. And that's also an inspiring one. If I ask someone that question and they say something like, oh, I'm putting away $10 a week into a savings account that I can't touch until the next five years is up. Great. That sounds like an awesome idea. Where do I get that from? (laughs) Because I want to know. I guess the other kind of, well, yeah, I know the other kind of the things that I guess I wanted to discuss on this podcast as well is how did coronavirus change people's five-year plan? So I know for me, coronavirus kind of changed the five-year plan kind of really didn't. It was at the coronavirus hit last year or in the last year of my degree. And I guess there were some career aspects that changed, like uh, the service I was applying for employed a lot more people. And it was just kind of, uh, the, the market was a bit saturated and that kind of affected it. But there was lots of things that went into that. I want to know how coronavirus changed your five-year plan. I want to know if you had plans to travel the world and now you can't do that because of coronavirus or you had plans to, you know, buy a dog, but you couldn't because coronavirus wouldn't let the dog travel or you had plans to see family and friends overseas, but you couldn't because they passed away or I want to know those things. And because I think coronavirus is now a huge part of our society and our culture and it's such a pertinent topic related to the future that if you are comfortable enough and if you are healthy enough and happy enough to be thinking about the future and you have the time to be thinking about the future, then it's something that needs to be a huge consideration because going forward, coronavirus has changed international travel. It's changed families and lives and it's changed the medical industry. It's changed absolutely everything. I saw this TikTok today about this nurse that said that her hospital was so severely understaffed that they were offering incentives to work 10 shifts in a row in two weeks which is five 12 hour shifts a week and I was just absolutely shocked because in Australia we're incredibly lucky that we're isolated from the rest of the world but we're also proactive with dealing with coronavirus like the Brisbane lockdown is another one and the Adelaide lockdown with the Woodville pizza guy was another one and so not only do I want to know how the coronavirus changed your five-year plan but a lot of individuals in a, in Australia lost their superannuation, lost portions of their superannuation because of it was all invested in the stock market and obviously the stock market didn't go very well. So what does that mean for retirees? So, you know, my mother's maybe a good five, six, seven, even 10 years off retiring. And what did the loss of her superannuation mean for her? And talking to people who are closer to retiring than she is and going, you know, what did the hit to your superannuation mean for you? And then I want to talk about how the shift in Australia's economy post-coronavirus, well, not even post-coronavirus, the shift in Australia's economy and our job market and our housing prices and everything means for people's five-year plans. I want to know, did the cost of housing affect your five-year plan so much that you're just going to be renting for the next 10 years? I want to know. I'm interested. 
And I want to know also about some of the alternative five-year plans that people had. So some people have that rigid set structure of like, I want to do this, 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 and this by the time I'm 30. I'm like, all right, but what's an alternative in case you get sick or injured or ill or in case you have an accidental pregnancy, in case you have a planned pregnancy, all those kind of things, you know, in case your partner passes away, your family member dies, you lose your house in a house fire, all these things could happen. What happens then? Is your rigid five-year plan just going to fall apart and you have nothing to do? Or have you got an alternative five-year plan? And maybe it doesn't include rebuilding your life, but that you've got to be, you've got to include those kind of things. Another thing I want to talk about is investing. I've recently started investing and I want to share my investment journey with you. I am the newest person ever to investing and I just literally just started. Um, I'm using a an app called Spaceship Invest. It's really cool to see it going up or going down and I kind of invested in, it's called the Earth Portfolio. So I invested in uh, that because I was like, oh yeah, it's nice and stable. Not going to go up too high. Not going to go down too high. Well, this is just a quick introduction from me. I hope you guys have a really good day. And if you're listening this far to the podcast, thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, have a good day and I'll see you again in two weeks.